Hello and welcome to The Sweet Spot on a Farm, episode 65. If you never listened to this podcast before, it's all about health and food. And because there are many professionals out there who know an awful lot more about it than I do, the point of this podcast is for me to learn from those who know their stuff. It's my search for an answer to how can we achieve healthy body and mind with the resources that are available to us locally. And I'm looking at what we can do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. My guests come from various backgrounds and are professionals in their field and they all have a lot of valuable information to share to provide us with the tools we need to lead a healthy, happy lifestyle that is personal to each and every one of us. We talk about their work, their passions and their lifestyles and we share cooking tips and plant-based recipes we can all easily make at home. And despite the podcast title, I am not on a farm very often and today is no different. And I'm at the Little House of Calm with my friend, talented and experienced therapist, Roshin Kearns, who is an expert at dealing with stress, trauma and tension. And I think she's the perfect guest to help restart the podcast as we are hopefully slowly but surely coming out of the whirlwind of the surreal events of the past year and a half. So um, let's get started. Hello, Roshin. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Susanna. Thank you for coming today. Yeah, I think the last one was... Two years or three years Oh, ago? no, no, no. That was way over three years ago. Okay. Well, well over three years ago. Yeah, it is, it is crazy. It was... I started this podcast in October 2017. It's 2021 now. And I think we recorded... It was maybe sometime... Either towards the end of 2017 or sort of February time, maybe 2018. So, yeah, definitely over three years. 65 recordings yeah should have been probably more but hey (laughs) um yeah it's uh it's it's been it's slowed down over the pandemic and I haven't recorded many episodes I kept myself busy in other ways and I can see that you've taken the time and have made your little house of calm even more relaxing and calming it's like coming home it's not even like going for a therapy it's it's like coming for holiday, very very brief holiday, but it's such a beautiful, calming, grounding place. Thank you. Um, and I love it more now than ever, actually. You know, I think I had the log cabin about 13 years and, um, and it has grown as I have grown as a therapist. And yeah, so the Little House of Calm has gone through a revamp this year as many other people have been revamping their homes and places of business and giving the whole place a whole new lick of, pla- lick of paint and uh, so it's nice coming into um, you know a fresh new vibe and the place is brightened up with the nice new blinds and I've got the fly screens on which means I can ventilate the room without the likes of the wasps and things coming in because I love the oils so I love that I can hear the wasps but they're not in the room and uh, yeah, so that's that's a really good thing. And obviously we have to have the place ventilated more than ever now. Um, that's one of the, the regulations for our, um, within our federation and for the public health, the recommendation from the public health to have your treatment room ventilated. So that's what I have done, got the fly screens on. And uh, 
Yeah, it's great being here. I feel more settled here than ever as um, I've moved out of Belfast. I did have the calm in the city Belfast for a few years and uh, that was a great experience. I loved being in the city centre. But um, I think like a lot of people, we've re-evaluated and I, I've re-evaluated how I want to work and, um, and I've cut back on a lot of things and maybe I was a bit scattered and I was you know calm in the city Belfast and then I was doing some contracts for various charities um, in different clinics and I've decided to let them all go and focus here also I'm developing my academy of calm that's my next project but when you're scattered like that and your fingers in too many pies your creative energy I find my creative energy is is depleted then and now that I've focused my energy in here my creative energy has just really like blossomed and I love that and uh, yeah because you're not wasting your energy on driving loads or having to remember did, did I bring this did I bring that um, I love just coming to one place and you know where everything is so with that it is I can put my hand on my heart and say it's definitely also improved my delivery of therapies that's what I was going to say because I was thinking you definitely pass that energy on to your clients so having that positive energy and then that creativity focused and you know in in one place and then that place is sort of your home and then the clients that come in they will definitely I think they will feel that as well that here is the that's where your focus is where your positive energies are um and that you're not all over the show because I mean even the best professionals they it's always passed on to the client um to the patient uh, whether you want or not you're um you're 100 correct on that you know um as i was saying like i'm developing the academy of calm and that's going to be a mixture of um professional training so people can um, come to me and train as a reflexologist and they'll have their professional certificate but there'll also be um i'm also developing self-development courses and uh, but as you're saying about your energy is passed on to the client and that will be a big thing on the teaching is you have to look after yourself first and foremost there's no point in uh, there's no point in a tired drained therapist because the client you know is pick picks up on that absolutely we transfer energy to each other and um you can't have a stressed out therapist you can't i mean we all have stresses in our lives you know nobody's perfect but it's how you manage it it's how you manage your stress so yeah um i think to be a really good therapist you have to really look after yourself and people can be very generous with their time and very generous and give with their heart and soul but um you can end up burnt out you know if you're too much of that and not putting enough back in I think to be good at anything you probably have to be really good at looking after yourself because then you don't have the energy to 
put into your work or, or your passion or you lose your passions if you're not rested if you're um and I keep making that mistake over and over and over again <laughs> but um talking about stresses actually and channeling stresses and energies in your experience the past year and a half how has it impacted the stress levels of um your clients and how has it impacted the stress levels of yourself and how have you what have you learned maybe from the past year and a half about yourself and about your clients i f- i find my clients um their anxiety levels go really high you know so i'm back up now about um i said about two months eight weeks seven eight weeks anyway and uh, people were really desperate to get back to their complementary therapies for keeping the stress levels down and keeping the pain, you know, people who are in physical pain, um, to help reduce that. Yeah, I've been extremely busy since I've reopened. People really, you know, people were maybe we take everything for granted, and then we were where we kind of had a very rude awakening there, with um that we can't just take our basic uh, freedoms for granted anymore. And um, people came for their therapies on a regular basis, but they really seen, I think, this year how um, what a positive impact it does have. And people are actually going to, they realise I need to invest in my health and well-being because when, I, when I'm stressed out, when I'm all go and I'm totally consumed by all that I have to do, the stress levels are high, my immune system is low, is lowered by that. And we're all more more educated I think maybe this year on that as well and um, people are taking more interest in in their health and well-being so I find since I've reopened um, a lot of people coming in are highly anxious and fearful and they're people who would suffer from physical physical pain their pain levels are much greater so where before when they were getting regular therapies, um, say reflexology or aromatherapy massage, it um, brought the stress levels down and also helped therefore help reduce the, the pain level, you know. So people like I work with a lot of cancer patients and they integrate the complementary therapies in. They manage a lot of it, a lot of their pain through the therapies as opposed to taking pain medication. And uh, so they've had to resort to the pain medication through the year, for example, because they didn't have this, the reflexology or whatever to, to help manage. So I find that, um, you know, there's the positive touch of my therapy as well. So a lot of people, and I would get elderly people um, who've been quite isolated from their family and friends and their community. So there's certainly that aspect of it, you know, just even the physical touch, the therapeutic touch, the positive touch, um, that brings um, brings about um, uh, feel good, uh, the feel good factor. Um, a lot of people are very very emotional coming in, and there's been a lot of tears. I've seen a lot of tears the last eight weeks, and. Tears are a good thing, you know, it's a it's our natural way of processing and um, processing and releasing. 
and what people find is um, we get a lot of people who say are very stressed out and they're holding it in their body and they don't even realise because we're kind of disconnected from our bodies and we're in our minds and our minds are terrorising us or whatever and just thinking, thinking. They get on the bed, I do a therapy and as they start to relax, the tears come, you know, and um, and this is a safe space for people to let that, let that out and I certainly encourage it and support that and you know, you know yourself, after you have a good cry, you kind of feel better. This is so true and it's one of the things that we forget about as we grow up because as kids, you know, I remember crying for what would seem like no good reason whatsoever, but it's just let go the, the, the what would build up, I don't know, because somebody's hurting you at school or because you're madly in love with the boy who completely ignores you and it builds up over the weeks and then you just have to sit down and cry and let it go and you feel so much better. But when we grow up, we don't do that because, you know, grow-ups don't cry. And yes. with men, it's even they have it even harder because, you know, men don't cry. That's the kind of stigma here uh we're being uh brought up with and now it's the barriers are being broken down we talk more about male uh, mental health and we encourage men to to have a good cry for the good of their mental health um but it's for everybody it's it's just one of those things we just uh, need to let the inner child back in yes the inner child and our natural healing processes you know, and um, when we are totally consumed, and I think a lot of us has re-evaluated that this year, how, when we look back, just how extremely busy we were, how many, all these things that we were doing that weren't necessary, and maybe even consumerism as well. Like a lot of people have re-evaluated that. Well, we don't really need all that anyway, all that guff. But um, getting back to my point, how to simplify your life? I feel like I've heard, I've had a lot of that kind of conversation over the years. Like how to simplify your life, how to simplify your work life, your family life, social life, and um, and bring it back because when we are constantly going and constantly doing, and there's definitely a, a kind of a default there when we aren't dealing with stuff, we fill our time up. We can't slow down. We have to go, go, go. And this very fast-paced society and world that we live in, everything is um, super fast, um, you know, microwavable and uh, instant. You've got your instant coffee and your instant messages and you're constantly switched on. You're constantly available. Um, so there's a huge disconnect then from how you really feel and how your body really feels. You know, a lot of people don't even don't even realise the tension that they're completely their fists are clenched, their jaws are clenched, their feet and that tension throughout the body. And uh, so when we start to slow down, um and that's really what my work is about, um, is encouraging that. Um through massage, reflexology and a bit of talking as well about slowing down 
really connecting to the body and their emotions, how they really feel. And, uh, you know, we can be building up tension in the body. And I have all this, like, chronic pain or whatever. I'm not, like, there's many reasons for chronic pain, but one of them, and one of the big ones, is, is carrying stress and not being aware of it. And, um, and then we start to let go and relax. There's so many people have never actually experienced relaxation. What it actually feels be relaxed how that actually feels to be relaxed so my work is very rewarding when they come here and they actually are starting to tap in and let go it is um you know it is life-changing so yes a lot of people are happy to be back to their therapies because of um because it enriches your life and it helps us to feel more at ease with the world around us and it improves, helps improve relationships as well. You know, how you react to things, how you respond, how you respond to things. So um, I'm so happy to be back, I have to say. It has been, I, I have to say I also enjoyed some time out because I took a lot of time for myself. Um, initially, when the pandemic, um, when we had to close down, I decided I would build a website, um, with the help of this this uh, web designer, uh, website designer, and uh, but I mean I was putting in twelve hours a day, you know, working out the content and where it was to be and all this kind of stuff. It's amazing the amount of work goes into building a website. I would have no idea. Um, it was a full time job, but also um, I was doing some work for charities and I was doing workshops online and um, telephone consultations and things. Um, so I was very busy initially and um, with all of that and adapting then to the Zoom life and uh, meetings on Zoom and everything uh, and it was a big learning call, curve for everybody but really actually then when, at Christmas time I decided because um, I knew we were going to be closed for a few months um, that I was going to totally take time out from everything and um, practice what I preach and uh, like I realised I've been building up my practice for 13 years and I have not taken my eye off the ball that whole time being self-employed um, running your own practice is there is a lot of work goes into that and it's totally consuming and whilst it's been enjoyable it's also been very hard work and um, I decided that I would take three months out completely and I called it my self-directed retreat so um, that involved my transcendental meditation which I began last last July almost a year ago I did the training with a lady in Hollywood and I love that that's a morning 20 minutes in the morning 20 minutes in the evening and you get your mantra so that uh, that's uh, that's a life-changing tool to have your meditation skill and then my walking my daily walk in nature then I would be doing my gratitude my journaling and uh, and reading the books that I wanted to read and it always ended up 
to be you know it's always about philosophy or health or well-being and things like that anyway because it's just a natural interest you know it's not just a job it is a way of life for me and I feel very lucky and blessed to be able to channel that natural interest into a work life. You are like me it's it's not even funny because a few weeks ago I said now that I finished um one of my courses it was a two-year course that I will take the summer to read for pleasure rather than just read science you know and science medical journals and stuff and articles and um so um I was set to read for pleasure and ordered a book on Amazon called Biology of Cancer <laughs> my my partner Stephen was laughing. It was just like light reading, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, just your natural interest. Yeah. So no, I I really that three months was was wonderful for me, and I know for a lot of people it wasn't a wonderful time, but for me it was, and I'm I'm going to be honest about it. But I used the time really wisely. And I did loads of healing work, self healing, and um, and then figuring out what I, what it is I really want to be doing, and reevaluating, making sure that I'm on the right path, you know. And so that's when I decided to let certain things go, like Calm in the City, Belfast, and um, some of the charity contracts with charities, um, because of feeling that feeling scattered, and. Uh, um, trying to do too many things and kind of feeling like I'm wasting energy and traveling and driving and trying to remember so many different things like when you're setting up a clinic <laughs> somewhere different a few days a week it is actually very draining and whilst I was doing it and I was happy to do it I was go 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 um, now I'm like no it's time to let that go I've crossed that bridge on the other side of that and I love just being here at the little house of calm focusing my energy here and therefore my creative energy has grown greatly and and I also feel that my energy and my work is also greater now and I'm seeing more benefits my I've I'm seeing more um, results greater results from my from my treatments from my plants you know, more than ever. And that's experience. And that's also learning. Like I'm always learning. I'm always constantly studying new things. And bringing more to the table every time. And uh, and that's not a chore. That is just, like you're saying about your book. It's just, it's not a chore. You just love it. You just, you know, you get totally engrossed in it. So it is a, it's a real passion. So, um... You have to be as a therapist with we said about that before you know there's no point in being a tired drained therapist because that's you're not going to get the clients aren't going to get the results that they need really and truly you have to practice what you preach and i'm developing my academy of calm which is going to be a mixture of professional training as well as just personal development uh, courses and that will be the big thing i'll be encouraging everyone to be getting their regular reflexology, their regular massages, spending meaningful time in nature, you know, being mindful of what we're eating, time out, you know, your meditation, 
and slowing down, slowing down to go further, really and truly. And um, that's what makes a good therapist in my, in my, um, that's what I believe anyway. It's a combination, obviously, you have to be well trained and whatever too, but I think really looking after your health, your own health and well-being. Because um, if you don't know what it is, what it really means to feel relaxed, then you can't really teach that to anyone else. That is a good point. And I have to say that the three months you took out, it definitely, you can see it in your face. Um, I When I arrived, um, I saw a client coming out of your little cabin and when I saw the two, your faces, both of you, you wouldn't be able to tell which one is the therapist and which one is the client because you looked both like glowing, relaxed, chilled. Um, so it's it, it definitely you can see how much it 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 helped you and how important it is to to be relaxed. But I also think that this passing of energy, it's really with everything. Um, for example, when you're making food, I, ca I can, you can make the same recipe, you know, I'm a big curry lover and I make curries often. I can make the same curry twice, but if on one occasion I'm really relaxed and focused and I'm enjoying the cooking and you put the love, you put the good feel into it, the curry tastes amazing. When you're making your curry, you're rushed you're like okay I have 20 minutes here I'm just gonna rustle up some curry quickly 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 you're stressed out from whatever happened on the day the week or you have built up stresses you're not relaxed you haven't taken any time for yourself in a few days and you're just it's all built up you have all this negative energy passing on the food tastes rubbish it's the same ingredients, it can be the same quality, it could be the same batch of the same vegetables you're using, the same good spice, you, you're using exactly the same recipe, but the food just does not taste the same. That extra special ingredient. Yeah. It's all up in love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when something is made, whether it's a piece of art or... You know, no matter what you do, like if you're creating a curry, it's a work of art. No? Oh, my taste. Sometimes my taste buds would agree. Sometimes my taste yeah. bud would go, well, that was not a piece of art at all. You wouldn't call that food. Yeah. But it, yeah, totally. The energy that goes into something, yeah, you can taste it. You can taste the good energy, the positive vibrations, for sure. And uh, like, yeah, I've been really. As, as a therapist, you have to be very aware of energy because you can take people's energy on and you can be given energy. So in the early years, I mean, we're taught it in our courses, but it's just really and truly it's experience to develop that skill where you're not always absorbing people's energy because you naturally you're dealing with people who are feeling low and uh, so you don't want to be going around carrying that the rest of the day. You know, so you have to learn how to um, be present and empathetic, but not carry it with you. You know, so certainly in the early years, I was, you know, absorbing it. And then later on, I'd be crying about it or whatever, just because I really could actually feel that person's pain. You know, and um, I've even heard of therapists actually developing ailments that their clients come in with 
like somebody comes in with a sore shoulder then they end up with a sore shoulder or they've got a gallbladder issue then the next thing they've got a gallbladder issue yeah I've heard of that a lot of times and that's people who are very sensitive and people who are so open they're just absorbing everything and um, so it's a it's a skill but it's also a skill for life you know in daily life in your personal life you know with your friends and family you know um, and what energy you're giving off you know where's your vibration and the energy that you're giving off is also kind of what you bring in you know if you're giving out sort of a bad vibe moody vibe or whatever you kind of get that back from people around you that is definitely true and you can you can see that in daily life um if i'm sure people can relate if, if you've ever have to deal with uh i don't know civil servant who was in a bad mood um if you're really really nice to the person in a bad mood uh, they're quite likely to suddenly change their tune you know i've had to um, whether is a is a I don't know, post office clerk or, or a taxi driver and they're giving giving off bad vibes or they're in a, in a bad mood, they're snapping or whatever and you're extra, extra nice, super nice, you take interest, you ask, you know, you, know, you, you wish them a good day, it's an instant change and they suddenly start giving, giving you back the, the nice mood, the more positive energy, it definitely works. We're all connected in that way yeah we can pass on our good vibes or we can pass on the negative and um and we can be taken you know you could say i would imagine say a shopkeeper or whatever and you just you could be going in in a good mood and you come out feeling a bad mood and we have to recognize what's mine and what's someone else's you know so as the therapist you're you're learning that because you could end up in you could be waking up and you're all in good form and then by the end of the day you're raging <laughs> and in the early years that would have been I was much more susceptible to that kind of thing until I started to realize what's mine and what's other people's and in the day-to-day -day life we can take things very personal you could be walking down the street and someone maybe walks past you or you get a dirty look or you think you've got a dirty look and uh, we can take things very personal, we can be very hurt and and it has completely nothing to do with, with you, it's nothing to do with us. That person could be thinking about something, about what's happening and their whatever and they've, do you know what I mean? Like it's, we can often be taking things personal that's absolutely nothing to do with us and then helping people snap out of their, their kind of, um, their mood or whatever like you said like by bringing in instead of colluding and getting in and taking it on you're kind of trying to change it up and when you do that you de definitely get better results from everything around you and it's a skill that we all can learn you know it's not um it's not something that's really hard to learn it just takes a bit of practice a bit of practice and um and a conscious effort to be in that way by but I find like practicing the gratitudes really helps with that you know doing your five your five in the morning for example it's good to do it like first thing in the morning or last thing at night when your subconscious is more active because you're trying to get into the subconscious mind and uh, 
you know, bringing in your gratitude and it could be something, you could be grateful for your phone or, you know, you could be grateful for your family, whatever it is, big things, small things and practicing that every day really does help um, switch your mindset and um, and bring in more of a positive focus now. And I'm not just talking about being like pretending to be positive, do you know, and all happy clappy, you know, I'm talking about genuine, authentic, feel good, you know. So what you're putting in, I often think about your five a day, we were taught to put in your healthy nutrition, your fruit and veg, it's probably about 20 a day now, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I lost track. I, I think it's maybe seven a day actually. Yeah, well I would think about like what's your kind of, what are you putting into yourself, you know, in that your maybe your thoughts, how you nourishing your your mind, how you nourishing your body and um your kind of healthy thought nutrition as well as the healthy food and your healthy environment. So I'd always be encouraging that within my um my life coaching and uh self development courses. So nourishing yourself first and foremost and that's not selfish and it's not egotism. It's just good sense because if you're always giving, always going out, you end up being burnt out and then you may even have feelings of resentment then, you know, and we think people should know better and they should know, they know I'm tired, why are they asking me to do that and they know I can't say no, but we have to say no, you know, people, um, it's our behaviour and our healthy boundaries, so by looking after yourself, bringing in more self-care, self-love, improving your boundaries, people change around you, people react to you. And do you know, I think that there's there's two things that actually happened over the past year and a half. I think people had the time to realise all that. Uh, people who were constantly, you know, on edge, constantly go, 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 never stopping, brain constantly going at high speed um, extremely busy people suddenly had to stop in their tracks because they were either furloughed or they, they couldn't for whatever reason couldn't work suddenly were stuck in the house or wherever for however many weeks couple of months, few months and they suddenly had to stop and I think two things that happened A, some people are obviously stressed out either because of Maybe they've lost their jobs and it's massively stressful, obviously, because that has financial implications, especially if you have family, you have a mortgage, you have lots of bills to pay. Um, or maybe because you're a small business owner and you, you suddenly have to let people go and you feel responsible. So that's massive stress. But in that, the other thing that happened is that people suddenly realize that uh, they have maybe pains or symptoms that they never noticed before because they were too busy constantly working and thinking and doing that they never thought of themselves, never never kind of immersed in their own body and mind and suddenly all these things come up. But also they suddenly realize that they can stop, that they can say no, that they can sit still and it's actually not so bad that um, home-cooked food tastes better than sandwich from a shop down the road. And that, hey, there are birds outside. I can hear them sing. There's there's plants growing everywhere. And 
there's locally grown food that tastes better than the cardboard I constantly have for lunch from Contain. And they suddenly realized all these things, that there's outdoors, that going for a run for an hour is so much better than sitting, sitting in front of a computer for eight hours nonstop. Um, and so you get the stress, but you also get the realization that you can use the time for all these things that are actually better for your health. Yeah, yeah. I took up the, the open water swimming, as did half the population. Oh yeah, don't <laughs> even start. I'm so glad people started swimming, but every time I go to the beach trying to have a swim, there's like head on head. There's nowhere to move. It really bothers me. Myself, I began at last. Um, September and it was really just as I'm sure most people it was well what am I going to do in the winter when everything's closed down I need to be feel more comfortable in nature you know and uh, so so that was my challenge then and I do not like the cold and in you know when you're working in the therapy room it's always warm you always have to have it that extra bit warmer because when people relax body temperature drops so that's why therapy rooms tend to be a bit warmer so I'm used to working in that heat that's my excuse anyway <laughs> so at least cold, you have one <laughs> so the cold water anyway so I started building it up from September and I got a lady who um to swim coach open water coach um to train me because I wouldn't be an overly you know confident swimmer and I wanted to be safe and whatever. And it was glorious because we would do, we'd go for a good walk. I generally met about seven o'clock. We'd do a big walk and then we would be getting in for the sunrise. Oh, wow. And uh, so it was absolutely glorious. And Caroline, um, she's a fa- fabulous, uh, fabulous coach. And, oh, is that a lady from Carlingford Swimmers? No, she's not actually. No, Caroline um, Ogle. Is her name? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But Caroline, um, she's sort of based in around. Um, well, I was going to Oxford Island and then up to when we were allowed to travel, then up to um, what do you call it, Murloc Bay? You know, swimming there. Oh wow, so, that's gorgeous place to swim in. Yeah, so getting so I did ice swimming in December. Oh look at you! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know. I mean, it doesn't come easy to me, but um, but I really enjoyed it. I was just being and being able to do something when everything else was closed. Do you know? We had to figure out other ways of entertaining ourselves, and that feel good factor, and it is a really good feel good factor with it. But it also can be very draining. I found a few times I was really exhausted after, and um, but anyway, so that was. That was one of the things, and now recently I've started with um, uh, AGA, doing my animal flow and mobility program. That was the the other thing I took up in my self-directed retreat, um, the Zoom classes with AGA. And, uh, so it was all that three months was invaluable and uh, to me really just totally rejuvenation and slowing down and re-evaluating everything. And, um, just building myself up and, and taking that time out to to really figure out what I want to be doing. So the the mobility program with Aga has been 
class. I love the animal flow. Um, it just, it's, I find it much more interesting than a normal gym setting or a normal kind of uh, personal training. I did a wee bit, bit of that as well. Um, I just find it just more interesting. And like a lot of my work is about helping to release stress and trauma from the body, it, or if not all of it. You know, and this comp the likes of the animal flow complements that beautifully. You know, and, and of course the journey of healing and growth and development isn't just one thing. It's not just about exercise and it's not just about nutrition. And we can be obsessive about s certain things, but it's actually the synergy of lots of different things. And it's the blend like when you blend your aromatherapy oil and aromatherapy oil when it's blended um creates an even greater um oil and aroma and benefits than just one oil by itself and you know it's the diet it's the exercise the complementary therapies the talk therapy it's the the amalgamation of all those things that really brings you on to another level you know, so the our bodies are unique recording systems, and everything that has happened to you in your life, every trauma, major kind of stress that's happened to you in your life is recorded physically in the body. Now we are becoming more and more aware, and there's a greater understanding and research you know before it was always about the talk therapy talking about your pain your suffering whatever now there are, there's a greater understanding that we actually have to release trauma from the body as well and it's equally important equally important and then sometimes if not more important in, in certain circumstances for certain people there's people who um and I am I, I'm, I encourage anyone to go for their their talk therapy. I'm not um criticizing in any way because I've done a lot of it um, through my healing process, um, and I continue to do so. And uh, but there's a lot of people who actually just cannot talk, and to talk is to completely re-traumatize, and so then these people are much more suited to. Um, complementary therapies or types of different types of physical therapy but really like I said it's the synergy of all of the things so our bodies and until we release until we do something to release this trauma from the muscles and tissues and our nervous system we're not fully ourselves we're not at our full potential because we have muscle patterns like I discovered this a few years ago about um, I'd be doing certain exercises and certain exercises I found really hard and I was like but I am a strong person I've always been very active and when we were growing up we always had to work you know in around the garden and picking potatoes and all this kind of thing and mowing the grass we always were do was always doing physical work um, so I was quite strong but certain things I just felt they were just impossible 
then I discovered I came to this uh, personal uh, therapy and she'd asked me about sort of a wee bit about my history and she was able to see that I had certain muscle patterns and certain muscles are asleep and other muscles are overactive so I had to bring it back to really minute movements do you know when I used to do Pilates I found it impossible do you know and it just didn't really add up until I met this person who was able to really break it down into I had to do the most minute little movements to try and awaken certain muscles and Susanna, sometimes, out of nowhere, I would start crying. While I was doing these yeah, little talking, movements? Yeah, I'm not talking about crying with pain. I'm crying, and the, the PT wouldn't have necessarily knew, but I'd have like, like tears would come. And then I started to realise, I am. these muscles have been shut down, closed off, and still frozen in time almost you know what I mean so when you're starting to activate them you're actually releasing emotion so I was releasing I started to realize how I was releasing trauma from my body by activating these muscles that had been asleep so you know um, the body keeps the score and now I've moved on to the animal flow and I'm noticing uh, how that's really improving improving things as well and just you know like I'd been quite aware of my body and that I thought I was, but there's always more to learn, you know. And so this last few years has really about uh, been about that for me, about releasing, you know, massage and reflexology definitely do that as well. But then there's other things like these muscle patterns that are so deep, you know, and you have to really get in deep to activate those again and change your muscle pattern. And when you do that, then you're more free to move and um, you feel freer mentally and emotionally when you release it from your body you're healing the mind as well so there's more understanding there's more research into that now and there's much more kind of respect for for my work now more than ever like the complementary therapies are meant to complement the medical profession and you know it's a wee bit um, they definitely didn't they definitely weren't that well respected do you know within um, within the health system but you can see now you'll see reflexologists on the cancer wards you'll see reflexologists in um, all throughout you know the hospital and um, pre and post surgery and that um, so that's great to see, isn't it? It is. The, the change is great. And I think it, it's sort of the word play the words play on the mind as well because we used to we used to call them and not that long ago we used to call them alternative therapies, but they're not meant to be an alternative to the medical profession. As you said, they're meant to complement yeah. the, the medicine. So by kind of making the umbrella the word change and and now calling it everybody knows them as complementary rather than alternative i think that's helpful as well that, that people suddenly don't see it as something woo woo that's you know standing opposing the medical profession rather than they see it as something that supports the medical profession and that's a massive difference i think it is it is indeed 
But uh, so you've done over the over the pandemic, you've done an awful lot of learning, not just for yourself, but you've also been 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 building some more knowledge and learning for the little house of calm that you can pass on so what have what have you been up to for the little house of calm um <clears throat> well i always think <laughs> but like yourself see so we'll think uh i'll do this and that'll be that and then i just find something else and i become completely fascinated and i have to learn and you know explore it actually one thing at the moment is uh this lady dr emily she's a functional ped- podiatrist so that's my latest passion and i'm currently looking at doing her training so i have a greater understanding of the feet and um and how to become how to strengthen the feet you know within um again within aga's training you're learning how to strengthen your joints and you have to strengthen all your joints before you really move on to kind of um the other things and more intense uh, exercise or whatever so this lady specializes in how to strengthen your feet and um so you can walk barefoot and run barefoot and all that kind of thing and um and looking at feet in a different way you know we're not just putting in the insoles or whatever it's like really looking at why what is the function that's creating this pain in the foot or whatever and uh so that's the next thing i'm going to be doing and uh yeah um and i i love feet and people always think how do you work with feet and i don't know i just find them uh i do find it fascinating and you can tell so much from people's feet and uh reflexology is um you can do it on the hands you can do it on the face as well there's lots of different types of reflexology but i focus on the feet anyway and it's amazing what you can tell from people's feet you know and uh, people are always fascinated by it and it tells a story um but it's not about getting into i'm not getting into diagnosing things for people because that's not my job that's people with their medical degrees to be doing that but you can definitely pick up areas that are you know maybe congested or struggling or um you can definitely give pointers to people and if i did think there was something really wrong i would be telling people to go to their go to their gp you know just to get it investigated or whatever um so um so that's the functional uh doing a bit of training with a functional podiatrist uh that's my latest kind of passion um my doing a bit of face yoga this year and uh, the gua sha's what is that so the gua sha you might have heard of the jade rollers yeah so this is a face massage tool and uh, you can see some of them sitting there feel free to lift them they have been actually sanitized oh are these those flat yes things yeah yeah so that one's for your face this one is uh that's rose quartz let me just sanitize my hands so these are your face massage tools. Yeah. So I've been learning about these this last year, but I have used them myself for about two years. So they just look like flat stones, sort of. This one is a bit like long heart, sort of. They 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 are they originate from um, China, you know, like in Chinese beauty therapy they would use these, but it has become very popular for the last couple of years 
within our own beauty industry but these are face massage tools it's actually the one I have in my hand at the moment is for the body you know so they're curved and designed to fit into different contours of you know your face and your body so what you're doing is you're massaging you use these uh, face massage tools um, so for example along your jawline it's naturally curved there as you can see to run it along your mm -hmm. jawline okay and these help to um, take away puffiness the lymph help with lymphatic drainage and to take away like darkness you know like darkness under the eyes and that so it's improving your your um, complexion so like face massage okay you know if you were to do it yourself like getting a facial I love doing facials I love getting facials and um, so when you're massaging your face and um, you're bringing up the fresh oxygen and blood to to that area that needs it and therefore when you're massaging well you're taking away the lymphatic drainage which takes away the toxins do you know what I mean so people you find that your your face will look more sculpted and uh, so they're wonderful I was using them for about two years and then last year um, I discovered this brand hey hey you and um, and I really like them because they're pure quartz um, like that's pure rose quartz as opposed to a lot of stuff in the market is like blended with like plastic and you know different things like that there they're not necessarily the pure jade or quartz or whatever so and then themselves have you know um, uh, healing properties the rose one's good for sensitive skin the jade's the original uh, gua sha so they're very good Susanna and you must get one <laughs> don't tempt me no because well it's it's a bit of self-care and I mean your face is what you present to the world isn't it but um I would do it for I'm just talking like five minutes in the morning and the evening if you use a serum or a face oil or your, you know you don't even need either of those things but it just helps you know for a bit of sort of um glide you know on your skin and they really do work you know so the five minutes in the morning five minutes in the evening and um after a few weeks you will notice that your face looks brighter you know you have 56 muscles in your face so if you think about this now when you're worrying and you're thinking and you're doing and your face is scrounged up like how many people have um tension in their jaw or tmj disorder it's so common and the jaw is often the last place to let go you know when you're working with someone's body and relax relaxing and on that relaxation journey the jaw is often the last place to release so that tension in the face um you're scrounging up your muscles and quite often we don't even realize we're doing it and we're going about doing our shopping or we're washing the dishes and our shoulders are up to our ears and we're clenched and we're tight you know so the massage and your gua sha helps to relax all those muscles down so therefore naturally the circulation is improved you know your complexion is improved and the and the shape of your face that is really interesting. I have to say, I'm not one for facial care very much. <laughs> My facial care sort of begins and ends with uh, mixed raw apple cider vinegar with water, using it as a sort of cleanser, stroke toner in one go. 
morning and night and that's about it <laughs> and maybe once a week using my 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 own facial sort of body facial coffee coffee scrub and that's 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 like about my facial care well it's working for you Susanna because you're you have, a lo- <laughs> you have a lovely complexion and and if you don't mind me saying because I can remember <laughs> from a number of years ago your impl- your complexion has really improved um that's yeah that's the I think the apple cider vinegar really done the job I don't know what what uh role the sea swimming played in it but I feel that the sea salt really keeps my skin clean um so much so that I've I've for years I haven't been buying any you know facial cleansers or anything because the raw apple cider vinegar it also naturally cleanses as well as tones but the the sea salt kind of yeah and it remineralizes it as well and um but this this is interesting um because I do um it's it's for women obviously um everybody and I think women more than men tend to keep their sort of their stress their tension in the face obviously as we grow older if we can have some tools that don't take too much time uh to improve that naturally and uh, that's that's great because um um i feel the the world of um cosmetic surgery is taking has been taking way too much advantage of uh women's insecurities so if you can have some sort of natural way to do it either at home or you offer you said that you offer face facial massage as well um which is pretty cool actually i had i had head massage a couple of times and i found that super relaxing i never had facial massage but i can imagine it's it's similarly relaxing mm-hmm. although i do find that a little bit unusual but i'm, I'm up for trying anything yeah. <laughs> and then you've got all your acupressure points that you're working on as well and your meridians and opening up the channels the energy flow but that is really interesting because when we think of um the lymphatic drainage we never think of our face oh and it is it is it really it makes quite a difference yeah truly bit of face massage whether that's doing it yourself or using your gua sha either or it's all good and then your face exercises as well my sister did the face yoga training last year and she was teaching me some of that and I absolutely love it. I've been fa- following the face yoga expert for quite a while now and though those exercises are really good as well, toning up your neck and things as well. Well, it must be working because you, you do, you do, your face is kind of very firm you're very lit up it it's it's definitely done something very very positive yeah yeah i i think it has and people other people have have commented on it and i was using the gua sha say for a few months and my sister had mentioned she goes wishing you look something different about you and your complexion goes well you know i'm using this tool every day and twice a day and she goes it's definitely working for you and now i really notice when I don't use it, if I don't use it, say for a few days, and, I, and and compared to I do, honestly, you have to try it. Jeez, you're tempting me now. <laughs> don't tempt me. So that's something actually I have noticed that on your website. So this is something that you so you now facial yoga is part of your therapies that you offer at your little house of calm, and these guashas you do actually have them in your store. So that's something you now offer. 
Now the face yoga, just sorry, just to correct you, that I mean, my sister has done the training in face yoga, and she's she's taught me okay. the different things. But I would be incorporating, yeah, the face massage, the face exercises, and the gua sha's. I do facials, and then also when I do my like self development courses, we would be doing that as well as part of your building your self care routine. So t- tell me actually, tell me about those self development courses because. That's not something. That's quite recent addition to what what you, what you've been doing in the little house of calm. So, do is it something that you is it group training or do you do one to ones or what way do you run it and what's including what's part of the training? Well, actually, I have always run uh, courses, um, in community centers and for for charities on stress management and things like that. But now, um, I'm developing, um, the mentioned before the academy of calm and what my plan is is to do four courses a year for self-development so it'll be seasonal you know so say in september we'll do four monday evenings just one hour and we'll do a self-care routine okay and self-care routine and it can include the likes of how you do your face massage it can include um, how to breathe properly and deeply, um, stress management techniques, and maybe learning about the, and learning about the oils. So, and you would do that four sessions, and then we do another four sessions in January. You know, so break it up into the seasons. So, um, because like Susanna, like you said, you mentioned something earlier, how you know a lot of the theory you do it all and then all of a sudden you're over consumed again and we're all the same we we go in cycles and one minute one minute we've got the perfect balance and we've got our got our diet and our exercise and our well-being and our meditation and it's all beautiful and in sync in a balance and harmony and then after a while we can get off that path and other things um outside factors can pull us here there and everywhere and we we fall off the wagon a bit yeah and then for you maybe it's like getting over consumed by by your um studies would that be right yeah that's quite accurate <laughs> so so we let other self-care things fall by the wayside so why i'm thinking of doing it as the seasonal is like because i find every so often i need to be re-inspired again to get back on you know and and get my good habits back on track again and i love going to seminars and and workshops every so often and it gets right i'm back on it again do you know what i mean yeah so that's why it's going to be a seasonal you know um seasonal self seasonal self-development so it's all about building self-care and when you are building your self-care you are honoring yourself and when you honour yourself, you have much more to give to others. You're given from a place of plenty as opposed to a place of burnt out resentment. Do you know what I mean? So whether that's as uh, somebody who contributes to community or somebody who contributes to their family or whatever, you know, the, the better you are to self. I'm not just talking about, you know, pampering yourself and all that there and that's great too if it makes you feel good like properly properly good um but true self-care and self-love 
um, means that you are more present for other people. You're more present in your life. When you release, when you're doing this body work, whether it's through complementary therapies or um, animal flow or swimming in the ocean or the rivers, whatever it is that's um, helping to release stress, pain from the body, you are allowing yourself to be to be more your full potential. If we're not doing anything to help ourselves, if we're just constantly in that rat race, doing, 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 I have to get this done, I have to have the house cleaned, I have to, I have to, whatever, and we're not putting anything in, we're never fully at our full potential. We're just existing, we're just on, do you know? You're just on that kind of, you're just on that um, production line and not fully present, not fully here and not seeing the apples growing on the trees and hearing the birds and when you hear the birds and when you truly hear the birds you know it does make your heart sing do you know have you ever experienced um have you ever experienced a feeling of oneness probably not because i am not quite sure what you know like do you ever experience now it is very hard to explain because you can't you can't explain it you can only experience it where all of a sudden you kind of become into a slightly you feel like you're in a slightly different reality no that sounds crazy (laughs) i'm always in a slightly different reality (laughs) this is so hard to explain but like do you ever become like completely all of a sudden out of the blue completely awe-inspired like you could be looking at a plant or see a flower or an animal or something and your kind of time seems to go a bit slower and you're like completely awed by it i am i'm not quite sure what what you mean is it is it like a stay state of like deep re- relaxation like complete awareness and you're yeah no it is very hard to explain but maybe as i as i grow to understand it more i'll be able to uh, experience it more i might be able to understand it but i don't really think you can explain it you just have to experience it i think it's just something maybe that would happen to me when i'm when I'm in the nature, sort of on my own and really experiencing, like completely relaxing. Like that used to, um, used to maybe happen to me something like that whenever I would be relaxing in my grandmother's garden and I would be like sitting on a, um, she had this uh, net sort of like a hammock mm-hmm. on her walnut tree and I, I would often sit there and just like chill and look at the trees and listen to the birds and enjoy the sunshine coming through the tree and just watch what was happening around sort of but it's not something that happens very often I would have to be in the nature maybe sometimes when I go for a swim and I have the time to sit either before my swim or after the swim if there's not too many people around and it's nice and peaceful and quiet and you just hear the waves and if the sun is shining and then you see the 
sort of a nature around you and have the time and the space to absorb it and to really pay attention what's what's around as well as within you maybe maybe something like that that that's pretty much what what i'm what i'm trying to you know say and it's kind of like you really you're so present so aware and you have this like really lovely feeling but it's it doesn't last like it only kind of stays with you for a little while it may be even a fleeting a fleeting few seconds but it might feel like it's everything becomes a bit slower and that experience and if you you look into meditation and stuff that if you meditate more and become more at one with everything around you that kind of feeling is something you have more often as opposed to that it comes as a surprise because it's only ever happened to me as a little surprise here and there all of a sudden you can't go searching for it it just happens but it's like the most beautiful feeling that you can ever experience you know it's up there you know it's up there with feeling when you feel touched in your heart when you know you feel when you really feel love and you something touches in your heart you know it's kind of up there with that this kind of feeling but it's not something you can create nothing i mean it's not something you can sort certainly um get the right conditions for it and that way you can create it but it's not something you can manufacture and try and find it it just comes of its own accord but certainly if you're in a more relaxed state if you're in a slower pace of life if you are spending meaningful time of nature that kind of feeling becomes more regular comes more often to you you have become very poetic (laughs) <laughs> is this what lockdown does to people <laughs> my creativity has grown <laughs> you know uh definitely has since my slowing down and taking that self-directed retreat i feel like my creativity is um is flowing more naturally you know and uh a feeling flow you know that's the word balance and flow. I think you're one of the the people who's taken the positive approach to all this, and it definitely seems to have had a very positive impact impact on you. And I'm pretty sure that now you can pass that positive impact and all the newly gathered energy and knowledge onto your clients, and it's probably making a positive impact on them as well, which is great. I hope that maybe after your holidays I'll get to experience that as well. I'm well overdue some reflexology. But I wonder, um, because we always talk about food on this podcast as well, how's your creativity in the kitchen these days? Mm. Mm. (laughs) Well, um, I'm my own favourite. Well, I mean, at this time of year, it's much easier to eat healthy. Yeah, there's abundance of um of produce growing at the minute. You're you're craving your salads and and things as opposed to going, Oh, I have to eat this you know, and it's a freezing cold day, you know. Um so it just and I do I do believe we kind of we are in cycles and we are in seasons and there's you know, eating with the season is um is a good thing. You're maximizing the good energy of the plants isn't it when you're eating season but anyway no um i'll actually be honest now i've been sort of in the process of moving house 
and so I'd been a bit lax on the old um, cooking department but uh, Brandon partner he's been um, picking up the slack for me and but I actually can't wait to feel more settled again and grounded in where I'm at so I can get back into my cooking because I love I love cooking I hate cooking in a rush I know you do (laughs) (laughs) and do you have um, do you have a favorite one at this season it's really hard I find in summertime it's really hard to pick a favorite actually because there's so much growing but have you got one I'm personally I'm upset with I'm obsessed with rhubarb at the minute oh okay and what do you make them with rhubarb I stick it into everything um I'm I got I've never really ate rhubarb until this year and I tasted it and I got completely obsessed with it and now I want rhubarb all the time I juice it I stew it like apple sort of and make it into compote yeah it's gorgeous my mother Uh, (laughs) I mean people I don't even put sugar or anything like I never put sugar in anything because I don't eat sugar but I don't even sweeten it not even with powdered vanilla or anything I just I just like it the way it is and people would find it too sour but I love the sour taste I actually tried it raw as well and I would like dip it into either a nut butter or like for savory into a pesto and people would normally not do that because it's too acidic it's too sour but I love it Um, I found a recipe for red lentil and rhubarb soup which is absolutely gorgeous. Yes, it's Susanna. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's it's absolutely amazing. Um, what have, what else have I done with it? Um, I mixed it. I grated it and mixed it with. You have to peel it first though, because the the fiber kind of mm. you can't really grate it. And I mixed it with yogurt and like topped it with some chopped nuts, you know, for breakfast and cacao nibs. And I just find always ways to put it in. And I know people normally bake with it. But I don't really bake that much. I make raw treats. So I made an alternative. Do you remember my Christmas mince pies? Yes. I made them for summer with rhubarb. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yum. That was really nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with rhubarb. So I don't know whether you have like your summer favorite that you always go to, even if you're in a hurry and you have to make a salad. What? what is, is there the one summer thing that you would always pick up? I'm, I'm, I still love... I love guacamole. Oh my god, that is a good one. I love guacamole. I make that very regularly. And um, getting the right avocado is important. And uh, sometimes it can be hit or miss with um, getting the right... Oh, it's it's vitally important. You see, I spent time in uh, Latin America and Mexico and Costa Rica and Guatemala. So you just you were eating avocados. Uh, so they were coming out your ears and they were so like obviously anything that's grown in its natural habitat you know just tastes so completely different like you have um, it's like eating an avocado there is like it's like a complete meal you don't need anything else you know because the nutrient level is so high you just feel totally satisfied and um, new potatoes we were brought up in potatoes my father grows potatoes and um, always did and still does and they'll be coming out I think around August August time for new potatoes and if you ever eat potato uh, you don't need anything with it it's just so I just can't see that there can be anything bad with that 
I know they they say the uh, the nightshades is one of the nightshade family and whatever, but when I taste a new potato, you don't need to put anything with it. It's just beautiful, and um, so I I just think that the nutrient level or whatever must be must be really high or really good. Do you know what I mean? So how do you how do you how do you eat them? So I'm I'm not a big potato eater. Yeah. Um, saying that I've been gifted uh, by my uh, previous podcast guest I've been gifted a veggie box uh, with freshly picked new potatoes um, so I've actually today I'm making a, um, a curry with them but that's that's just that's just made the curry lover yeah. I can eat curry you can say it's like really warm outside I can eat curry at yeah. any time of the year I don't care it could be 30 degrees outside I'll be having a bowl of curry uh, but when you see just eat the potatoes by themselves like what do how would you make them well first first of all I love uh, potato and my veggie curry oh it's so tasty when it absorbs all the juices <laughs> but um yeah that's it to your new potato all you do is your boil it and um and that's it you know and you eat the skin and the whole lot and it doesn't you don't need to put anything with it I might have some like my mum she will have some lettuce maybe some scallion from the garden and you know just a few greens and that is it you don't need anything else and it is so tasty on its own you know you don't need any condiments that's the magic of eating your freshly picked produce isn't it that is so, and and I know that you you mentioned that before that you kind kind of touch on nutrition and food on in your, in your courses that is kind of, it it is part of the whole, self development and life coaching the, the the looking after yourself knowing what you're eating, so yeah it's it's one of the one of the things that I feel is so important to be able to. You don't have to grow all your food, obviously. Not everybody can, not everybody has the space. I mean, having a garden these days is luxury, as I've come to find out when we're looking for a house. It's a luxury to find a garden big enough where you can actually grow stuff. But there is something, it, it, it can be even, as you said, like some spring onions, or it can be just something as simple as chives over your salad or put in your soup that you've just freshly picked in your garden or from your windowsill garden or whatever mm-hmm. it does add something to the meal because it it always tastes so much better when you've literally just freshly picked it like i remember as a kid we would pick fresh like at my gra- grandparents we would pick carrot off like from the ground mm-hmm. we wouldn't even bother washing it we would just shake the dirt off it and just eat it there and then because we couldn't wait and it's just like the best thing ever like you'd never taste a carrot like that that's so true yeah there's just no comparison there's no comparison to what you grow yourself and things that is freshly dug from the ground or picked from a tree or your fresh eggs even my father has the fresh eggs here too and a few just a few there's a few wee hens and uh, there's just no comparison to the flavor you know and i love like the soup vegetables when they come up um you know your your uh, soup celery and i talked about the soup the last time but the soup vegetables from the, this garden my parents garden all oh, the soup is just on another level of deliciousness we had our lemon balm tea there so that was the 
lemon balm picked from the garden. I haven't finished it actually, but it is absolutely, it is gorgeous. And I don't know whether the part of it is the satisfaction that you've grown it, that it's, or you've, you've seen it, you watched it grow, but there's definitely something about homegrown. Yeah. Oh, it's all of that. It's, I think it's, it's all of it. You know, things that are mass produced and are forced, forced grown, you know. And I suppose also the fact that when you do homegrown, you have no choice but to eat seasonally because it only comes up when it's it's time to come up. You only harvest when it's it's time to be harvested. Um, so that's and now obviously then the level of nutrition is is not just because it's seasonal, but because if you eat it just as you picked it, you know it's still fresh. It's full of nutrients. Whereas if you buy it in the supermarket, it's been lying on the shelf for however long. Yeah, yeah. That's true. There's all of that. And uh, yeah. So, um, no, this is uh, maximize the greenage now, isn't it? That's actually one thing that brings me back to your your profession. Because this whole homegrown and, and seasonal and the, the, the right ingredients for your food to, to, to nourish your body, that is the same thing as in aromatherapy because i think you can tell when you've were you've done aromatherapy for quite a while and you've probably tried different types and different brands of um aromatherapy oils i do i have noticed trying different brands that there is a different not just in the potency of of those oils depending on how they're prepared but also there is a massive difference in those oils depending on where they get these ingredients, how they're grown. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What what actually goes into the oil? And so if it's if it's just a fast, quick produce for profit, that oil is absolutely no good. But if it's a company that are dedicated to truly, you know, getting the best produce that's being the flowers and herbs grown in their natural habitat, harvested at the right time, processed the right natural way, dried the right natural way to, you know, treating herbs into the oils the same way we would treat food to go into your body. So have you noticed and have you noticed maybe the impact it has on your treatments while you were through, went through the journey finding the right oils? Yeah. Yeah, I have used various brands over the years, and um, and uh, you know, yes, there's different ways of how they extract oils, and you know, the chip, the cheap kind of quick methods, the gas extraction or whatever, and um, and it it can be a bit more of an aggressive kind of quick fix to get the to get the oil. So there are different ways, like you know, your cold press, like your cold press olive oil and whatever, um, but. Yeah, I've noticed a big difference now. Now I do use... There's a few great brands out there. Definitely, there are. And um, and there's going to be very small... There'll be really small companies who are really passionate about their oils. But, you know, the reality is they can only produce small amounts or a limited re- limit, limited in their range or whatever. Um, but I am using doTERRA now and have been for a few years. And there... I like the company because as we were talking earlier about um from the from the seed it's planted 
you know, they're passionate about the people who are harvesting it. So it's fair trade. They are, you know, they're treated well. They've, um, you know, the farmers. And so from, from seed to bottled, it is uh, a beautiful process, you know, and, um, you know, and it's in sync with um, nature, seasons and the environment and the people. So it has all of that, all those beautiful ingredients that, that make it even a greater oil. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, so the people who are, who are creating, who are growing, they understand their, you know, their environment and they're also, um, you know, um, treated well, paid well and everything like that. So that's going into the oils and the production line as well. Also how they're tested, they're like so, they're so vigorously tested all the time to make sure each batch is up to the certain, so up to that particular grade. And then also a lot of the oils you can buy, the cheaper oils and that is, you know, it only there only has to be 1% of the actual essential oil in a bottle for it to be considered to be an essential oil. Do you know what I mean? Really? Yeah, it's diluted down much. <laughs> yeah, 1% of the pure essential oil. What are they diluting it with? I don't know what the different, is it the different chemical constitutions they are, but I do know that and I know it because when I use oils that are pure, uh, there's just no comparison. I've said that word, I've said that a couple of times, like no comparison. But you know by the smell, like I would have got oils and sometimes it would have been actually stinking. I had oils like that before that they were, it, it almost smelled like pure alcohol. Yeah. So uh, they do obviously, like you do have certain level, especially if it's alcohol extracted. But yeah, you notice if there's more, more alcohol than, than the actual oil or sometimes it yeah. would smell even... Not like, maybe not like alcohol, but like a pharmaceutical smell. You know, like it came from a lab rather than yeah. extracted plants or fl- yeah. flowers or, yes. do you know? Yes, yeah, so there's there's so many, yeah, there's all that and the always can be rancid and things like that, you know. Um, so yes, since I've been using these oils, um, you can taste them. They're like food grade and they're organic and um, they taste and smell amazing. You know, and and the the results in the therapies, um, they're very popular. Do you know, um, so. You know your aromatherapy is. You know your smell, your sense of smell is such an important sense. You know for provoking and stimulating memory and feel, you know feelings. You know, so that's why it's so important in my treatments. I use it in my reflexology as well as my massage, as well as my facial massage. And uh, the aroma of your environment stimulating kind of the mental faculties and that. How do you choose um, what kind of... Because I've seen you have pretty much the full range here, but how do you choose... Do you have a set range that you use for reflexology that you use for facials that you use for massage or do you customize the oils per person once you get to know a patient or, or do you uh, yeah how do you how do you make the choice because there's so much yeah well you have you you do a consultation you know with each person and um 
and say they were coming for fertility you know there's you'll definitely be using your, like your rose oil and your clary sage and your sandalwood and um, all those really beautiful oils um, or if someone's coming for um, arthritis you're going to be using oils that are you know good for anti-inflammatory and you know your lavender is a great all-rounder for so many things but you'll have your rosemary you might be using some thyme you'll use your wintergreen in there and uh, so no it's totally um bespoke per person and um and there are some ones that are just generally good for you know your general achy muscles that you'll use very regularly you know in your massage or whatever but if somebody has additional issues they might have stomach stomach problems or something you'll add in um other oils like your zen jest and your peppermints um yeah your uh what do you call it you like your aniseed type type oils or whatever no so you tailor it to the individual needs you know and uh yeah if it's for you know if i was doing a head massage some people come for um like an indian head massage for to stimulate the hair you know if their their hair their scalp has become weak or whatever their hair is breaking so i rosemary again I actually use that i've been using that a lot recently for some reason maybe um there's a lot of stress going on there so rosemary is good for stimulating hair growth and it's also good for studying oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i remember drinking a lot of rosemary tea last year for before my exams so basically though it's just totally tailored to each individual person what oils you choose and um you know i've been doing it 15 years now do her do have pre-made blend blends which are really good like there's elevation there which i've been um diffusing today and it's it's I'll let you smell it it's really good for elevating <laughs> energy oh wow so i do use their pre-made oh blends as well what's in that for some reason it smells like chocolate liqueur <laughs> well that's unusual or am i just obsessed with chocolate maybe yeah maybe you are i don't know i would never have got chocolate out of that but there you go um what is all in this there's so many different things lavender amorous i'm taking my time here because the, the the writing on this is absolutely tiny but anyway um their signature blends are really beautiful like and I use them a lot as well you know rather than blending my own sometimes you know there's airs good for for the breathing this adaptive fantastic for sleep putting it on the base of your feet at night if you've got any sleep problems see this is one of the things that I've learned over the past couple of years uh, whenever I bought a diffuser so I learned to initially, I, I kind of learned, I bought it initially to um, kind of clear the air in the bedroom for before I go to sleep and put lavender in so I can sleep better because I for years I, I had been putting it on, on directly on my pillow. The, but then I sort of developed a bit, it was too direct and okay. um, too sensitive for it. So I would maybe put a drop um on my pulse points to sort of calm down and then I would be putting a few drops in the in the diffuser along with some sort of breathing um blend to to 
clear the air and to to help breathe better before you go to bed but now I've gotten to the habit of using different kind of making my own blends few drops of this few drops of that uh, to put in my aromatherapy lamp and burn them um, according to what I need whether I need more energized or whether I need to clear my airways or whether I need to relax and uh, I found that it's really nice when I um, if you go and have a bath to relax um, and put some sort of relaxing oils on top of that rather than putting them directly in the bath just putting them into aromatherapy and, and blend them in to chill it just creates such a lovely aroma yeah. and it really does ground you and it really relaxes you and I never really paid attention to that before I would just put sort of any oil any fragrance just to make the room smell good yeah. and now I've learned to actually purposely pay attention to what it is that I'm actually using and why but it is such a minefield I mean, you're probably not for you because it, it is your profession. You probably it, it comes naturally to you, but I find it that it is fascinating how different scents can invoke different, you know, emotions or or yeah. make you feel differently. Some can make you more energetic and uplift you. Some can ground you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aromatic baths are so good, so good for your health. You know, and um, I would definitely take those very regularly. I was on myself directed retreat. I was taking them nearly every day. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, it, it, there are like, I have about four that go with me nearly everywhere that's in my handbag. They're like my first aid kit, do you know, and one of them's peppermint. And I'm using the peppermint if I need a bit of a pick-me-up, feel invigorated, need to clear my head you know if you've got a kind of a stuffy head or maybe you're a bit sinusy in the morning so I love that one in the morning just one drop in the palm of your hand rub it together breathe it in and ping you know and then uh, the lavender lavender for skin blemishes for calming if I'm going into a situation where I'm feeling a bit stressed out or anxious about something um, my lavender's there you know the pulse points like you said and um so I'll always have those two with me. Then I have my frankincense. And frankincense is like my all-time favourite oil. And nearly always has been my favourite oil. And um, it's been known to be very good for grief. But also um, it's an anti-agent oil. And I would use it. And it's um, good for calming the nervous system. So lavender is good for calming. But frankincense is on a kind of different different level and I take that frankincense both internally and use it um for for breathing in see I always struggled with frankincense to incorporate it into my now newly (laughs) new obsession with aromatherapy oils but um I always loved that smell that that scent as well it's it's from childhood like frankincense is the kind of scent of my childhood it's very traditional uh to 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 burn and in in that's kind of it's christmas for me mm-hmm. but i always struggled with how do i incorporate it into you know the daily yeah well first of all i mean frankincense is you know that's the one you're putting on your skin because of its anti-aging properties you know on your face 
and um, so I'm always dabbing it on the face and I take a little drop internally um, but your frankincense not all oils are made the same and a lot of people say oh I hate that oil but it's not necessary it's, it can be the brand as well so I um, you know I encourage you to try different brands if you you know in a, in a way too and you might find like some oils can smell completely different because of the way they're produced yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um so frankincense no frankincense for me is is the is the number one and I have it in I put it in the bath or I put it in a diffuser I do have to say I put it in a bath couple of times with um with uh, epsom salts yeah. and that that actually did feel feel good really sort of relaxing it's right. good for the lungs that is a good one i mean aromatherapy is such a massive massive topic it, it is a minefield for me I'm, I'm kind of hoping to get onto a course because it is it, it is a huge thing yeah. and i think it's one of the things that really makes me look forward to having a massage or a treatment mm-hmm. because of the scent yeah yeah, and I would use them as, you know, um, for under my arms as well. And frankincense would be the one that I use for um, for deodorizing. <laughs> you can take a few drops and dab them under your arms. Or you could add it to a bit of a base oil, like, but just a tiny, tiny little amount, because you don't obviously want to have greasy armpits. <laughs> but, you know, but a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that does have many uses the frankincense um, and then I have a beautiful oil called Balance and I use that as my perfume and uh, I'll let you smell it Susanna get that did you get that oh wow that is lovely so that's great for balancing hormones and I would use that as a, as a perfume that is beautiful you see and you know, per- I love perfume. I do love perfume, do work, but I only wear it for special occasions because I find that it does aggravate my my nasal, um, my nose, where these oils don't have those kind of... You can wear them as a perfume and it's not giving you headaches or stuffy nose, you know, so the way sprays would do that. Um, you know, especially now, if, you're, if people are suffering from a hair fever, which is so prominent at the moment, you definitely do not want to be using sprays I don't recommend them anyway but um definitely not at the moment you know deodorant sprays um what other kind of you know chemical sprays that you cleaners in the house um when your nose is going through a sensitive period you want to avoid those because that'll only make it worse and increase the sensitivity where if you're using these oils you can use the oils for cleaning you can use oils as a perfume you can use them as deodorants and so on and so forth that is another thing that I have improved vastly since uh, since the years when we lived together that I no longer buy commercially produced not even the eco-friendly cleaning products and I started making my own with essential oils so I bought a few um, tinted glass spray bottles mm-hmm. and I would mix um vinegar with um, essential oils and water and that's my multi-type I have different I usually use different scents for kitchen and for bathrooms and that's I have one in each bathroom and one in the kitchen and that's what I use for cleaning 
Um, and that is, and not only I, I feel the place is cleaner, but it smells pleasant. And it's you don't have that sort of toxic, pharmaceutical, horrible after smell. Do you know, like, they put these, like, lemon and mint, but it smells like pharmacy. You know, it doesn't smell like, where is this? Yeah. For like me, the dirty. For me, the dirtiest smell is bleach. Yeah. People say a bleach smells like it's clean. Like to it's me, clean. No. to me, I smell. I smell bleach. I just think dirty. It smells fumes. <laughs> it, it's like I. I think of fumes when I smell these. Like, do you know? Um, if you remember, uh, our uh, apartment uh, building gets cleaned once a week, and they use. Oh my god, it's horrible. They use these really properly industrial grade chemicals to clean the place and every week I dread come out of the apartment because you smell like squashed bananas or like banana one is is there must be their favorite scent because you smell this overwhelming like chemic it's like synthetic banana scent It's absolutely, oh yes, yes, exactly. I just, you just come out of the apartment and, and my partner, he just, he just loves, he hates it too, but it's just, they smell bananas in the hallway, the cleaners have been, it's horrible. I, I don't, I don't understand why you would want that around you, especially in your living space. It would make you so nauseous, you know. Yeah, that too, I get a headache. Yeah. I had a headache. I, I just feel sorry for the people who have to use the lift. Because they use this in the lift, and then you're in this t- confined space. Even if it's for a few seconds, it's it would give you a headache. But I so yes, that's that's another way to aromatherapy where aromatherapy comes in. And you mentioned perfumes, and that's one thing I stopped actually using about three years ago. I no longer I buy perfumes, mm-hmm. commercially produced, because on the impact of my skin and even before then for a few years I was using it on my clothes rather than my skin and mm-hmm. uh, because it was uh, I would get red patches and my skin would get irritated but also um, because of the way they're produced they're tested and another thing is it's often more alcohol than scent and in the end even when you have a beautiful floral perfume you're you're paying huge amounts of money for a bottle of something just because a celebrity gave it a name yeah like i'm sorry but i really disagree with that i mean there is a uh, there's much more uh, important things that you could give your money towards i mean rather than buying a 60 pound bottle of perfume and uh, just give the money to charity honestly yeah Try two hundred pounds, Oh my God! I never went that far. I swear to God, that's see. This is ridiculous. Like yeah. this is what we pay money for. That's what we deem important, and, and that's yeah. what that's a whole. Other that's way. a whole other thing, yeah. But the oils as a supportive measure, like they're like having a little support, you know, in your day today, you know. See, this is a whole... We, we could talk all day about aromatherapy because they're yeah. such a huge topic. It is. I worked with this uh, young group of young oh, teenagers and we did aromatherapy. And these um, these teenagers, you know, had different troubles or whatever, you know. And, uh, and one of them... Uh, anyway, we did a course in aromatherapy with them and uh, stress management and whatever. But one of them ended up in a young offender's home, you know, quite soon after, whatever. But he, he brought in his oil, 
you know, and he was able to say, like, he, he loved having his oil. And, you know, because he had a little sample of it. And he used that and that made him feel calmer and better. Yeah, that is so, that is so lovely. And, you know, for a young, a young guy that age, would never have had it really any, any access to um, this kind of thing. And also, probably, we actually just don't actually know how they can enhance our lives, you know, until you actually try it, isn't it? And um, that they can be a supportive measure and something that's, you know... I always say to people, I hate people buying stuff and they don't use it and they keep it for a special occasion. I was like, do not keep this for a special occasion. Use it every day, you know, because it's supporting your immune system. It's supporting your hormonal, your endocrine system, you know, and it's also stimulating positive feelings, feelings of relaxation, or indeed if you're feeling a bit low or tired, it can give you that wee boost you know so they're there to be used not to be kept for special occasions okay and that's a lovely message to end this podcast with actually i will not keep you any longer we talked loads and as i said we could spend hours and days talking about aromatherapy because it is such a huge topic so thank you very much for your time roshin susanna thank you for making this journey to the little house of calm it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you Thank you very much. The The pleasure is all mine and um, you have a lovely holiday and, and I'll come to the little house of calm for my treatment when you're back. You probably noticed that the levels of Roshin's microphone were a little bit rubbish for the first maybe 40, 42 minutes or so. Um, this is because we had a little microphone failure at the beginning and I never noticed. So the whole first part was pulled out of a backup mic and I really hope it wasn't that bad. Before I give you um, our today's recipe, I would like to talk a bit about the gua sha stone that Roshin was talking about with regards to the facial massage. I have to say I did not expect this, but Roshin very kindly gifted me one of them. Um, she gifted me a clear quartz gua sha to see what I thought of it. And uh, I have to say, I'm not a big beauty care person. Um, I mean, I go through spells of must-have spa treatments, but that's more for general self-care than anything else. Um, do you know, like massage, jacuzzi, a day of tech detox um, and uh, peaceful uh, mindfulness and all that stuff. But uh, beauty care... Well, the older I get, the more I simplify things and uh, the less time and money I spend on trying to look pretty. So for someone who doesn't do beauty care much, um, I have actually been really enjoying the Gua Sha Stone and I have been using it for about 10 days now, twice daily, and I love it. A disclaimer, by the way, Roshin did mention that... Um, she sells this in her practice and I believe she uses it as a tool um, on her clients um, during the facial treatments. But as she mentioned, and the reason why she stocks it is because she had used it for a couple of years before that and uh, then she decided to stock it because she really believes in the product and I can totally see why. This is not just a beauty tool to me. Well, to me, I don't even use it for as a beauty tool 
even though I have to say that the difference in my face is pretty damn great. I actually use it as a way to relax my facial muscles and for just overall relaxation. Um, I use it for just about a minute or maybe two in the morning and I use it before or after but sometimes even during my breathwork meditation and uh, it kind of primes my skin and nicely relaxes me for the day and in the evening I use it for a bit longer than that I use it for maybe four to five minutes and I use it when I'm already in bed and trying to fall asleep and I have to say massaging my face with that tool before falling asleep is giving me such a good night sleep um, such a strong sleep, really good quality sleep. Honestly, I never knew that a facial massage can give me such a good quality sleep. Um, it's it's incredible. I don't know if anyone else would experience this, but I certainly do. And for me, the skin flexibility, even tone and brighter complexion or more sculpted face, it's just a nice perk that comes with it. But the relaxation aspect, it's incredible. I am blown away by this thing. And it is exactly the the, the, the way it relaxes me. Um, why I want to keep using it regularly. It's it's kind of motivation behind it. And, and then obviously the, the, the nice skin just comes with it. Um, I honestly dare anybody to try this. Um, if you do happen to have a treatment at the Little House of Calm or if you go regularly to any natural therapist who stocks this thing or your beautician, if you see it anywhere on your travels, I do dare you try it, buy it, use it. Um, it really is worth it. So that's face massage. Um, now back to what really matters and that's food. Uh, we already have a recipe for guacamole, uh, which you can find on our social media. On Facebook, it's in the file section where you can download it as PDF. And it was in episode 42 with Lucy Scott Williams. Um, I'm pretty sure you all know how to boil new potatoes. And if you don't, you have a serious problem. Well, this is the perfect time to get some locally grown organic new potatoes and learn the trick of boiling them just right. I'm sure you can ask your parents. Um, so the recipe I'm going to share today is one I have discovered online when looking for some rhubarb recipes. If you have a rhubarb in your garden and you have a lot of it and have absolutely no idea what to do with it, you will appreciate this. Anyway, this recipe comes from onegreenplanet.org and the author is Kimmy Murphy. It is very simple. All you need is one tablespoon of olive oil, three large carrots, three stalks of celery, I didn't use the celery, so if you don't have celery at home, don't worry about it. Although I'm sure it might be nicer with it. Um, then you need one cup red lentils, one cup of chopped rhubarb, four cups of water, two vegetable bouillon cubes. I did not use water and bouillon cubes. I used homemade vegetable stock instead. Um, so if you have a veggie stock, either homemade or bought, um, you can use that. Then you'll need one chopped tomato and a handful of chopped parsley to sprinkle to serve. You can check the original method on the One Green Planet website, but I basically chucked everything into pressure cooker and cooked on high for five minutes and then let the pressure go down automatically. If you are using pressure cooker, 
just rinse the lentils beforehand until the water runs clear and then stir everything in the pot properly before you close the lid and turn it on. You can also put in a pinch of salt to make sure the lentils won't go mushy. And once it's cooked, just stir in the parsley and serve. It's really tasty, super simple. And um, it's so nice that I even ate it cold. It is the perfect summer soup. So go get some rhubarb is basically what I'm saying. And if you have a garden and don't grow this awesome vegetable, you definitely should. And if you enjoyed this episode or any other please, please leave us a review or a rating on whichever platform you use to listen to this podcast. It takes about 30 seconds and it helps other podcast listeners to find the right content for them and it helps content makers like myself to find the right kind of audience. And if you have any comments or constructive criticism, suggestions, or if you have a guest in mind that you would like to hear on this podcast, please drop me a line on social media or email me at thesweetspud at gmail.com. Have a lovely couple of weeks, massage your face, eat some rhubarb and stay healthy. Until next time. As every week, your host is myself. Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.